This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Welcome to the PR Pod, the essential podcast for emerging public relations professionals. This episode, we're deep diving into the world of Wikipedia to discuss what value it can provide for brands. Rhiannon Ruff from Lumino Digital joins me from the US to share some tips on how you can harness that value for your brands. Rhiannon, welcome to the PR Pod. Hey, Brooke. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. So full disclosure, when I think of Wikipedia, I kind of think of it as being a dubious source of information that you can't really trust, you can't really trust as being correct. But you have spent more than a decade helping brands to, I guess, navigate how to use Wikipedia uh, more -hmm. productively or more effectively. So why do you feel it's something that brands should be paying attention to? So I'm actually going to backtrack a little bit into the start of your your question there, your preamble almost. Um, so I think this is one of the reasons that brands need help with Wikipedia is because of this misunderstanding about Wikipedia and this almost like disdain, I guess, for Wikipedia as a source. And it's something that a lot of brands are dealing with. And so they don't pay it enough attention. They don't give it enough time and value until it becomes a problem. And then suddenly it is you know, important, it's imperative for them to, to deal with it. And they, they don't know how, like they haven't kind of done any work already to kind of figure out what's going on. They haven't incorporated it into their general digital plans. Um, Wikipedia has kind of emerged as one of these unlikely, if you will, heroes of the, the new internet, um, where the content on it is incredibly sticky for algorithms, for search So especially Google's algorithm, um, Wikipedia is great. It has all the things that it loves, the way that it interlinks on its own site, the way that it is linked out and linked into from other reputable sites um, makes it really, you know, Google just kind of goes, oh, yes, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And so it's always right up there in your search results. It's usually one of the top search results. If you're a large brand or if you're a high profile person and you have a Wikipedia article, it's going to pop right up there. And the other thing that it does is that it powers a lot of information in other places, too. So you have um, the Google knowledge graph. So the, the knowledge panel that comes up on the right hand side in Google that has all those little key facts not only are some of those, you know, the, the little blurb there powered by Wikipedia, also some of those key facts can also be affected right. by Wikipedia too. Even the logo that appears can be sourced back to Wikipedia, Wikidata, um, and other Wiki-related sites. And then the kind of emerging one that has become um, really, you know, concerning for a lot of brands is voice search. Um, I think a lot of brands are becoming so aware of how much we're using our, um, our, our devices around the home, like all our smart, smart devices. We're not just searching something up on our laptops or phones anymore. We're shouting out to Alexa, to Siri, to ask them for stuff. And when they are responding to us, generally they're, com- they're, they're using those top search results. And a lot of the times they're pulling from things like Wikipedia that pop up near the top. So you have this site that is kind of ubiquitous it's everywhere it's kind of all over your search result and it is not controlled by you as a brand it's not something that you have as one of your main platforms that you look after um and 
And that's that's a definitely a reason to to pay more attention to it and to consider, you know, what's on there right now and what you might need to to be aware of in terms of what information could be on there. Um, and you know, any potential areas of opportunities, weakness, other things that might come up. Um, it's really kind of twofold sort of reputation and also making sure that you have accurate information about your brand. If you've gone through a rebranding, if you have um, changed something major about your organization, um, you know, if there's some big event that's occurred that is likely to be reflected, then that's all stuff that you, you need to be paying attention to with Wikipedia too. Can any brand have a Wikipedia page? How does it work? How do you become a brand that has a page on Wikipedia? Well, that, that's a that's an awesome question. So I think a lot of companies assume that once they have established themselves and they're out there, the next step is you get all of your various digital properties. You know, you set up your social media accounts, you go out there, you make sure that you have like your crunch base and all those different types of things. Um, and so Wikipedia just just like, oh, yeah, and just get us a Wikipedia. <laughs> and uh, it's not quite like that. Um, we like to say that Wikipedia is a lagging indicator when it comes to these types of digital properties. It is the last place that your brand can be or that information about your brand ends up. Because what you need first is to have um, a whole wealth of secondary sources that are about your brand first. So you need Essentially, it comes down to journalistic coverage. So independent sources that are written about you um, that are published by a reputable publication. So um, usually mainstream media is what Wikipedia editors are looking for. And they want to see not just a couple of pieces. They want to see maybe four or five different fairly lengthy pieces about the brand uh, talking about. And sorry to interrupt you there, but just oh, okay. to, on that point, do they have to be completely about that brand, or could it be a broader article where they're touching on, I don't know, the five best businesses in a particular sector, and your business happens to be one of them? How, like, how intensive does your um, uh, integration within that article, article have to be? It has to be pretty intense. Um, that could be a source. But if you're looking to really persuade Wikipedia editors that you have risen to that level of being well known, of being encyclopedic, you have to have gained like a fairly substantial amount of coverage. Substantial is the word that Wikipedia editors like to use. And substantial can mean like one really huge piece in like a big publication. So say you've done something amazing as a company, like right out the gate and you got men you got a big piece in Fortune. Uh, you got like a double page spread in Fortune and it was all about like all the amazing stuff your company has done, your founding story, everything about like where you're based and who's involved. And then maybe you have like four or five other pieces that are a bit smaller and then Wikipedia editors might say that you qualify. Um, but if you just have pieces where you are one of a few brands that's mentioned or if you're just mentioned in passing in discussion of like broader industry trends that's not enough information to write a wikipedia article it's not enough information to confirm that you have kind of risen to that level of note in um in in society basically and that's it's not a perfect measure um and, and wikipedia editors are aware of that you know it's it's just the measure that they have um, available to them to 
more easily kind of discern that. So let's say I have a business and I've got 10 substantial articles that are all about my business. What's the next stage? So the next stage would be to most likely work with someone to try and draft something up that's in Wikipedia's style, that follows all its guidelines, uses all the right kind of coding and templates to make it an actual Wikipedia article. What tends to happen is that someone will be like, oh, I'll just hire a writer. There's lots of freelance writers out there who will say, sure, I can do Wikipedia. Um, And they will usually put something together that is very much, um, you know, similar to other kinds of like company materials Um, it will have all those key talking points or maybe have some boilerplate in there they will submit it it will have a handful of links and then the wikipedia community will decline it Um, and that's not the best way to go about it i would say the best way to do it is either to dedicate some time have someone on your staff learn how to do it really well it takes a lot of time a lot of resources to do or work with a company who is really familiar with the space and can prepare that draft, make it really good, and then either themselves or help someone on the brand's team submit it on Wikipedia. So there's, like, over time, Wikipedia's developed a lot of rules around what brands can and can't do. There's different Wikipedia sites, depending on the language as well. So when I'm talking about Wikipedia, I'm mainly meaning the English language Wikipedia. That's where I stick it's the one that has the the strongest rules around this um and i just don't speak other languages well enough quite frankly <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to be out there writing articles in other languages but it's it's not happening um because what what you need to do is be able to follow these conflict of interest guidelines that the wikipedia community is set up so Basically, Wikipedia is not a platform where you can just kind of like submit something in and there's a staff and they review it. It's this community encyclopedia project. And so you have a community that is setting all these guidelines and kind of saying we want to stay independent, we want to stay neutral. And if you want to play in our playground brands, then what you need to do is, number one, disclose to us that you're here. So have one person set up a Wikipedia account from your brand, say, hi, I'm Jane from, you know, I'm going to pick on Riverside FM because that's the <laughs> the podcast studio that you're using and I can see the name. Um, so they would be like, hi, I'm Jane. I'm from Riverside FM and I'm trying to work within Wikipedia's rules for conflict of interest and I would like to submit a new article for Riverside. So that's what you would do. You'd have to disclose. And then rather than just going ahead and creating the article, you have to submit it through a process to get it reviewed. Um, There's like a formal process on Wikipedia to do that, where the volunteer editors will come along, take a look at it, um, assess the sourcing, assess the, the material within it, see whether you've fully established that your brand meets their threshold. So it's quite involved. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. So a couple of questions that I have, um, and I'm going to say them both now in case I forget them, but feel free to answer whatever order you would like. One is if I initially set up a Wikipedia page and for whatever reason I haven't done it particularly well and it gets declined, what are the consequences of that? Um, And B, to your um, previous point you just talked about, um, why do I have to disclose that I work for 
in this example, Riverside FM? Why can't I just submit it? Okay, so the first part of that, what happens, what's the consequences? So once you've had um, your, your article submission declined once, that's no big deal. It happens quite a lot. A lot of times, you know, um, articles that get submitted aren't ready yet. They need some work doing on them. So editors give feedback. They will explain why they've declined. There can be various reasons. If they just come along and they're like, you've not done a great job. This is very promotional. They'll be clear about that. They'll say, come back with some better sources, read here about what our rules look for, what we're looking for in terms of the tone, take a look at some Wikipedia articles and come back and try again when you've got something really good. So you can try again. What you don't want to do is repeatedly try to push through essentially the same thing because at that stage, then the editors can kind of say like, okay, this is not happening and this person is not getting it. And they can put a block on that article being created. And it's a time-limited block usually. Um, You have to have done something really bad for them to just be like, it's an unlimited block on this page ever being created. They have to really not like what you've been doing. Um, So usually it's like, okay, for a period of one year, you can't try and resubmit this. And so that's it. Like your brand's essentially kind of stuck on the outside of Wikipedia looking in. So even if you get amazing new press, even if everything goes really great for you, if you want to try and go and create a page yourself, you're not going to be able to, um, mm. which is not what you want. That no. if, you, if you kind of take the feedback and work on it properly and, you know, try again that way, then they're, they're much more likely to, to be open to that. Um, so then to your second point about like, why, why do you have to disclose? Um, and it's basically they've baked it into the terms of use for the, the sites. So um, the Wikimedia Foundation is this nonprofit and they run all of the wiki sites. So they look after all the, the, the backstage, if you will, of it. They keep the servers running. They have staff who kind of look after all the back end stuff. They don't get involved in the content at all, but they do occasionally kind of liaise with the community on things like you know, what rules should be in place for users of the site. So they set up these terms of use. And one thing they added to it was if you do have a financial connection, if you do have any kind of conflict of interest, you have to disclose that. If you're found to not have disclosed that, your account can be blocked. Um, Sometimes they will do a block on anyone from that. You know, if, if you're editing, say, from like your organization's IP address, then they can just block that that whole IP address wow. um, and prevent you from coming in and editing. Um, and it just kind of, you know, there's, the Wikipedia community is pretty small um, compared to like the vast number of articles that are out there. Um, so people remember as well. And then it just makes it harder in future to go and try and, engage with them and get updates made, submit content in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's say you've got a brand, um, you haven't created the Wikipedia page, but for, for whatever reason, someone has created a Wikipedia page mm-hmm. um, and you're looking over and you see some of the information is factually incorrect. It might not be mm-hmm. derogatory. It might just be factually incorrect or it's outdated. Yeah. So what's the process of updating that? Can anyone update it? It's, it's a similar thing. You still have to have your brand kind of select one person, whoever makes sense within the organization. Sometimes it's someone who sits in communication. Sometimes it's someone who sits more in social media. Whoever that person is who 
is going to be the point person on that should set up their Wikipedia account, disclose that they are from that brand. And then there are all these, um, they're called talk pages, but like discussion pages that sit behind all of the, the actual content that lives on Wikipedia. And you can go there and you can make requests. So if you need something fixed, you would go to that talk page, you would make a request, you provide your new source. So say it's something like, your CEO is four years out of date. Um, they moved on and you have had a new CEO and you'd like it to be reflected in the article. Um, and you've got several sources that say old CEO retired, new CEO was hired and has been doing this. So you can provide those links um, and make that request. And then Sometimes if the page is very active, um, a Wikipedia editor will come by and review that request, make that change. Um, if the page is not very active, you might need to go to, you know, other places on Wikipedia to get help. There's a lot of kind of this, this whole sort of backstage area of Wikipedia that I think a lot of people don't know exists. There's all these wiki projects and notice boards and help desks that you can go to for help. When you set up your Wikipedia account, you'll get like an automated welcome message or an actual editor will post a welcome message and it'll have lots of links in it to places that you can go and ask for help. So I would need to have my own account, like a Brooke Burns account to then set mm -hmm. up a page for my business. Okay, right. So when I make those updates, you mentioned that you need to be able to reference a couple of sources for, let's say, my new CEO that's been there for three years and it's not reflecting the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you have to have sources? Let's say my CEO started last week and I'm just on the ball and I'll make sure things are reflected, but no one's written about it yet because she's only just started. I can't do anything. Do you have to have sources to substantiate whatever it is that you're trying to submit? Yes. And this is one of these areas with Wikipedia where it's like, I get it. That is frustrating because oftentimes something can be true and absolutely accurate, but you cannot be able to do anything with it on Wikipedia because no one has written about it. Uh, I think this is one of these major things that pops up every now and again. Like on Twitter, you'll see like there's a celebrity who's like, I did this and it's not in the Wikipedia yes. article or like I never did that, but someone has said in an article that I did and now I can't get it out of my Wikipedia page. And and this is the sort of the issue that, that brands get into sometimes is like, well, we did this major initiative and, you know, here, look, we can show this happened. We have materials about this. You know, we've got videos and photos from this event. Why can't we put it onto our page? Or, you know, the new CEO thing, that comes up way more often than you'd think. Like, oftentimes, you know, it's not like the news is like, yes, a new CEO of this company. Let's write a big <laughs> piece about it. Um, so there's a lot of kind of making sure that, when you're doing any kind of earned media work, I always think it's like a really good idea to have an idea of what's going on in your Wikipedia page, where your gaps are. And then the next time you have a, an opportunity to work with a journalist, see if you can fill in those gaps because I think every every brand has them. Um, there's always like something, it's like, oh, we've really been wanting to put this into our page. We've been trying for years. And it's like, well, have you tried having a journalist write about it? And then it's like a light bulb goes off for them. Yeah. So how many sources do you need if I'm updating my new CEO who started three years ago? Is there a set number? Nope. 
Just one will do it. A one right. journalistic Reputable source. source. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It's, I guess the same works. Well, maybe not. I guess that's the question. Let's say there's something that for somehow, maybe it's because a journalist, let's say a trashy tabloid newspaper uh-huh. or, or website has written something and that story has then been run across another four trashy websites. And so now there's four sources that I, I guess credible in the sense that they are a media publication that say a brand has been racist or had something in the in a racism world or whatever whatever issue or topic it may be. Um, and that hasn't happened and it's just one person has been one person's article has been picked up. Uh, how do you rectify that? I mean obviously you only you still need a source. You only need one source. So you, do you need to get an article up that disputes that to try and get that taken down? Yeah, this is I think this is one of the the hardest areas to deal with on Wikipedia is when there's coverage that happens that is biased one way or another um, that maybe doesn't get give the full picture or slightly misinterprets or misrepresents facts and I think one of like the old school kind of um, crisis comms things used to be like if we touch it it will make it worse let's just wait and let it go and increasingly I think that that is short-sighted because you do have a lot more of these long tail things on the internet where it's like, this is still going to be out there. You know, if someone's searching about you and is researching, they're still going to see this and not see a response. So there are kind of a couple of things here. So one is if it's possible to dispute it with the original source and the original source is a reputable publication, they're like a good publication where you can do that kind of thing, then that's what a a brand should try and do is go to that source first say hey i need you to publish a retraction or an update or whatever it might be in depending on the circumstances and and work through that as much as it can be a pain i think that that's super important if you're really concerned about something like that um or work in terms of like putting out a piece that presents some sort of response um that that's kind of an alternative way of of doing that um and then the other thing is that wikipedia does have some rules around what types of sources can be used so you mentioned like oh it's like trashy tabloids have written about this actually wikipedia would say those are not great sources if those Mm. are the only sources that have picked this up and talked about this and we don't have any you know we don't have um a really great newspaper talking about this like let's actually take this material out so right, okay to, to kind of bear in mind and some tabloids are actually just blacklisted on wikipedia um so you know that <laughs> the daily mail from the uk um and the mail yeah. online are completely blacklisted mm-hmm. on wikipedia you cannot use them um some of the other tabloids that are out there they've had discussions about them and and how they can be used and when they can be used. And it tends to definitely be like in a limited capacity and only usually where there's been other sources that have kind of supported the material that they've put out. And what's the time frame on me submitting, you know, an, an update that's got a credible source there to get something changed? 
So it really varies. Sometimes if you have a super active Wikipedia article, there's lots of editors who've been updating it. Maybe your brand that's well loved and people love to update it. Tesla is one that I would say, you know, you really wouldn't have to wait two seconds for that edit request to be reviewed and, and a change made. If you're a regular, ordinary brand and you're just, you know, you're a concrete pouring company, something like that. Um, you're big enough to have a Wikipedia article, but you know no one's out there kind of um, jumping up and down like, yes, they're the best ever. Um, you're probably going to have to wait a little bit or, like I said, you know, kind of take some additional steps to go and, and find people to help. Usually within a few weeks, if it's a very simple request, I wouldn't expect it to be any longer than that. Um, ideally, it would just be a few days, but I, I think I mentioned before, there's actually very few knowledgeable, active Wikipedia editors compared to all the millions of pages there are. So they're kind of spread thin. Um, so we have to be a little patient and, and give the volunteers time to. To do their job, yeah. Um, so one thing I just noticed, you called it an, an, a Wikipedia article. Is that what like I might refer as a Wikipedia page? Is it called an article or is that something different? Yeah, I slip in and out between the two. So yeah, the, the actual content on Wikipedia, so your your topic page, if you will, that they refer to that as being an article because technically right. like when Wikipedia editors are talking about pages, they mean literally like any part of Wikipedia. So they'll be like the project mm. page or your draft page. Um, so I try to use like entry or article when I'm talking about like the specific topic page. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so let's say you've got a business and you don't have enough uh, sources to create a page for yourself. Are there any other ways you can harness Wikipedia to, um, I guess, draw attention to your brand or to leverage your brand? I honestly wouldn't recommend it. I think that the downsides outweigh the potential upsides. Wikipedia editors are really aware of the site being used for promotional purposes. So they are really careful when it comes to seeing, like, say you're coming along and adding in a bunch of links to your, your product page. Maybe you're trying to mention your product or your service in related Wikipedia articles. They are quick to pick up on that type of behavior. They're very quick to undo and to block when editors are, are doing those types of changes. Um, so I think the best way to, to do it is to kind of hold tight, keep working on your media coverage, keep looking at other things that you can update and create to help develop your overall digital presence. So all the other things you can do for your search, making sure that you're on all of the various profile sites, that all your information is in the right type of places and make sure that you're putting out material about yourself that you want to see reflected ultimately on a Wikipedia page in the future. If that's something that's a goal, like make that kind of like a part of your plan in an ongoing way to help out. And, you know, just kind of monitor Wikipedia. There's always a chance that your brand might get mentioned in a related Wikipedia article. So, you know, just kind of look out for those those potential. And how would you how would you find those when if that happens? Uh, you can just kind of regularly do a little search on Wikipedia. Um, that's what I would suggest doing. Just kind mm -hmm. of maybe once a month you go in and you just search up your brand and see if anything pops up. 
Okay. One of the things you talked about right at the start was um, if you are submitting a Wikipedia page, it's really important to get the, I guess, the tone of the content correct, Mm -hmm. which is where someone who is a specialist in writing Wikipedia pages um, is really important to have on board. Um, If you didn't have the the budget for that or um, you just wanted to give it a crack yourself, I I imagine you need to be coming from a place of being quite neutral. Like you've said, this is not a promotional platform. So what are the do you have any tips around how you should be creating that content or writing that content? Yes, I certainly do. I I think the best way to do it is kind of forget that you are working for your brand. Forget how you, you, you know, forget your messaging points and go and read your media coverage and then try to write from the perspective of you're explaining it either to a sixth grader or to your grandma or grandpa and if you can write it that way then you'll do an awesome job so you know take a look at a few wikipedia articles for ideas on like how to structure things there's pretty standard structure especially for brand articles um, most types of brands so you can go and take a look at that get some ideas on how you're going to frame up your material and then yeah like I say just sort of think about it in terms of like if you were explaining your company to someone who's at that that level um, then how would you do that and in terms of let's say my Brooke Burns Wikipedia account is there any um a point in building up my credibility, Brooke Burns, unrelated to my brand. So let's say I am in the process of putting together some sources. I've got some articles coming out about whatever it may be that will help support my company having a page on Wikipedia. Is there value in me updating stuff totally unrelated to my brand or even my industry, but just being a reputable source for correcting information? So I have, is can I have a better standing as a, as having a wikipedia account or does it make no difference in some ways it it helps in other ways it i don't think it makes too much of a difference i think it helps if you are just seeing it as an opportunity to show that you're a constructive member of the wikipedia community if you're just looking for ways to be helpful to um, make changes that show that you're an engaged member of that community that you're going to follow the rules that you're um that you know what sorts of changes and edits make sense and that fit the guidelines um and just to kind of even build up your own knowledge around it then i think it's a great idea um what i think is a misunderstanding is that you have to have like a bunch of editing history to then make it not seem so bad when you're proposing content for your brand or to try and almost like hide it in a way and that's not at all what you know wikipedia editors don't that's not something that they care about what they want to see is that you're being transparent when you are doing anything that involves a conflict of interest so that's the most important thing to them is that you're you're making that delineation clear that you're you're fully disclosing that when it happens so Lumino Digital, uh, which is uh, your company, you have been working in this Wikipedia space for about a decade or something. Is that right? What made you jump into this space? Yeah, so the um, the agency that I previously worked at and, um, and, and helped run and build up, um, when I started working there, I was like employee number one and I did everything. So I did all types of like research, content writing, all things like that. But I got really into the Wikipedia stuff. Um, I really liked it. 
Um, it's something that kind of really clicked for me, how to approach it, how to help brands figure it out. Um, and so that that's how I kind of ended up specializing in it. And now suddenly I'm like 10 years later and I'm still surprised that brands are struggling with it in a way. Um, I think that, that that is something that every now and again I'm like, I, I wish that this had gotten easier, although it's good for me that it hasn't. <laughs> you know, there's still like a steady stream of work coming from this because it is so complicated for brands to understand. It's a really tough thing to, to crack. Um, it's not just, you know, kind of the coding and the tone and all that sort of stuff. I think a lot of it runs really counter to everything else that brands expect when they come to like their PR and communications. It it can be really tricky for them to shift into that area and, and get a good grasp on it. So if people wanted to use Lumino Digital, your agency, to to help them either clear up their existing Wikipedia page or help them build them, do they have to be in a do they need to have the handful of sources ready to go? Are you happy to start working with them prior to they get to the point so you can clarify what they need to do? When's the best entry point for you? Really, we can help at any stage. Um, I kind of see us as being a great partner if you don't know where to start, because we can help with that. We can kind of look at where you're at and say, okay, actually it looks like we could jump right in and we'll just need to get like a wish list from you of what you want to do. And then we can go from there. We'll do all the research. We'll do the drafting. We'll help out. We'll, we'll get a team member from from the brand side all trained up so that, you know, then kind of keep it very turnkey, help them with, with doing that whole process of making requests. Um, but also if you're coming to us and you're like, I don't know if we have the coverage to do this or if it's wise for us to do this right now, we can help assess that. Like what's on Wikipedia right now? Where are your areas of concern and your gaps? Um, what coverage do you have? What is missing? So like helping to identify that in a way so that brands can then go out and still keep working on their, their PR and their media. I think it sounds like a fantastic resource and it certainly is, you know, as we spoke about before we um, before we started recording, it's just an area that I have really not spent a lot of time in or I guess you touch on this as the education piece, not understanding mm -hmm. the value of having a Wikipedia page or even really thinking about it. Like and whenever I think about it, I think, oh, it's popping up again. It's probably going to be incorrect. And, you know, I, I did a little bit of research once we locked in this podcast uh, interview was just to put a couple of brands in and see where Wikipedia comes in. And it's a great, it's a great little thing, a great little fun job you should do just to see, because you can, as you said, Wikipedia pops up, you know, within the top yeah. couple or at least within the first five or 10 of brands. So it does seem crazy that you're not, that you wouldn't make the most of, of being able to harness information and make sure it's correct and, and fair. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something that, I always say, like, you don't have to work with us. You don't have to embark on a giant Wikipedia project. I think it's just really important to be aware of the impact that Wikipedia is having for your brand. Um, you know, not just like in terms of that search thing, but also, you know, people look at it. Journalists still use it. You know, your investors might use it. Um, customers can, can use it. And we're increasingly seeing folks concerned from a recruitment perspective. Um, so, yeah, that's keep your eye on wikipedia i think was my big absolutely takeaway. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for your insight today, Rhiannon. I think that has been uh, immensely helpful for not only me, but I imagine all the listeners as well. So thanks so much for your time. Thanks again for having me. This has been really great. Um, I'm passionate about educating folks when it comes to Wikipedia, which is a strange thing to have been doing for 10 years, but here we are. Yeah, it's a super valuable resource. Um, and for those who want to get in touch with you to see if Lumino Digital can assist them with their Wikipedia um, article management, how should they do so? You can reach out to us at shout at luminodigital.com and just send us you know, any questions you have. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm super active on LinkedIn. And that's just my name, Rhiannon Ruff. You can search me up. And um, I think that I also just pop up if you're looking just for a Wikipedia expert. So if you forget my name, but you're still looking for help and you go to LinkedIn and just type in Wikipedia, um, I believe that I'm, I'm in the, the search results there. Okay, great. And also, if you head to the PR Pod website and the blog page for this episode, you'll find a recap of the key notes that we've spoken about, plus I'll link through to your contact details there. Thanks for listening to the PR Pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.